continuing our studies in our doctrinal statement or articles of faith, as they're called, and concerning the eternal purpose of God, we believe that election is the eternal, personal, unconditional purpose of God, whereby he regenerates, sanctifies, and saves lost sinners. That <clears throat> being perfectly consistent with the free agency of man comprehends all the means in connection with the end. And then our thought that we will be looking at this afternoon, that it is a most glorious display of God's sovereign goodness, being infinitely free, wise, holy, and unchangeable. Quite a statement. It is free. It is the free gift of God. <laughs> that is, we have not done anything to receive it. We cannot do anything. Man cannot do anything to receive it. It is his sovereign choice and it is his goodness to some to those whom he has sovereignly chose, those whom he sovereignly elected in election, chose, regenerated, sanctified, and saved. It is a glorious <laughs> display. When you embrace salvation and the means of salvation, and, and you see that God has done it all, it is a glorious display of his sovereign goodness. It is not finitely free, but infinitely free. There's no limit to the freeness of it. It is his infinitely 
wise purpose. Turn with me, First Corinthians, in the first chapter. First Corinthians, chapter one, in verse twenty-seven. I think these verses kind of sum up what we say in this statement. In verse 27, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world, that is, the preaching of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The preceding verses describe the <laughs> preaching of the gospel as foolishness to the world. But to we that are saved, it is the power of God on the salvation. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world, those things which the world counts as foolish, the preaching of the gospel, to confound the wise of the world, the wise, wise by the world's standards, which are fools, And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to pass, not things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence. You see, if salvation were, were of something that you did or something that I did or something that any human did, then we would have whereof to glory, to boast, to brag about. But it's all of God. How humble is that? How humble is that? We could do nothing. And so God did it. God worked. But of him, of God, are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. You see, it was infinitely, it's infinitely free and it's infinitely wise. <laughs> By it's the design of, of the all wise of the wise one, of the ancient one. It's by his wisdom. Who is of God made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You see, you want to brag, 
You brag on the Lord. You glory in the Lord. You proclaim his goodness, which is sovereign. God is sovereign in all things. All things. He does as he pleases in heaven and in earth. None can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? Turn with me to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms in chapter 115. Notice this. But our God is in the heavens. He has done whatsoever he hath pleased. Whatsoever he will, whatsoever pleased him, whatsoever he desired. That's the act of the sovereign one. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. He's in the heavens. He sets us king over all his creation. Turn with me to the 29th chapter. The 29th chapter of the book of Psalms. Chapter 29 and verse 10. The Lord setteth upon the flood. It's referencing the, the, the Noahic flood. The flood that was in the days of Noah. He setteth upon the flood. Yea, the Lord setteth king forever. Yeah, consider the flood. The flood destroyed everything except those eight souls and, and the animals that were to be in the ark. And all of man and every other living creature, which included the vegetation, it destroyed. And he sets king over it. It, the waters were at his command upon the face of the earth. And they flowed from above and from beneath a great upheaval. Destroying all. He is king. Capital K. And as king, he is the sovereign over it all. Turn with me to the 135th chapter. 
chapter 135. In verse 6, whatsoever the Lord pleased, that did he in heaven and in earth, in the seas and all deep places. <laughs> none replied against him. None, none hindered his handwork. He did whatsoever he desired and purposed to do. Go now to the book of Daniel. The verse that probably most of you were waiting for us to turn to. The book of Daniel chapter 4 and Verse 35, where we read these words. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or hinder or stop his hand, or say unto him, What doest thou? I think of George Burns. Some of you may remember him. And I always kind of liked George Burns' sarcasm. And still until he defied the God of heaven. And you know what? George Burns found out. George Burns found out that God, he is God. He is sovereign. He is king. And he's not laughing and mocking at God today. Because he, he did just what all men do. He died. And as far as I know, by his mocking of God, he went to hell. God does. As he wills, as he purposes, as he desires to do. And that means in saving lost sinners as well. And in saving lost sinners, God receives all the glory. <laughs> the, the emphasis of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 31 all praise and glory go to God in salvation and in saving anyone. And when we read that God loved one and hated another, we ought to be amazed that God loved anyone. 
because all are sinners. So I stand amazed. I stand amazed that God loved me. Think of a song I used to sing. I am amazed that God would die to save me. I'm a vile and sinful and wicked wretch. And any goodness that I can proclaim is because of God. Because of the goodness of God. It's on the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ. And none of my own. Praise God, glorify God for his wonderful work to us men. Us men who are worms. He does all the work. He does all the work. And we enjoy the benefits. We get to enjoy the benefits. We get to enjoy the benefit of so great a salvation, so wonderful a salvation. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew in chapter 20. And I must apologize, I, I misspoke this morning when I was in Matthew 15 concerning the householder, the master of the household, and him a hiring of servants. That, that wasn't the text of, verse 15, of chapter 15 of Matthew this morning. The text of Matthew chapter 15 this morning is... is concerning the disciples eating with unwashed hands and Jesus calling them out because they made of none effect the commandment of God in saying that their gift by which they were supposed to be taking care of mom and dad with by declaring it a gift to God. It is Corbin. They said it is a gift to God and we can't use this for mom and dad. So they were neglecting their mom and dad. And he charged them with, with their mouths. They confess him and, and make good God but with their heart, their heart was far from him. This 20th chapter of Matthew is concerning the householder and him going out and hiring his servants 
at the different hours of the day and, and finally hires some who are standing around idle at the 11th hour, one hour left to work, gets to receive the same wages as those that were hired at the third hour of the morning. And they, those hired at the third and sixth hour didn't think that was fair, didn't think that was right, didn't think it was just. They thought, we should get more. Well, did you not agree with me for this much? He says this in verse 15 of Matthew chapter 20. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? <laughs> Proclaiming the sovereignty and the right for him to contract and to, to hire for whatever wage he determines. And you agree to it. He said, is it not lawful for me to do with mine what I will? The thought is, <laughs> all men were created by God. And all men were created for God to get honor and glory. And some were made unto honor those he loved, and some to dishonor, though the rest he didn't love. God's point is, God is sovereign. He Look with me the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. Here in verse 18, Moses is, is, is pleading to see God. To see the glory of God. And he said, Moses said to God, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Verse 19. And he said, God said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy." You're going to see my goodness and graciousness and in mercy. Those are my good works. And you can see my glory. You can see my goodness and my acts of grace and in my acts of mercy. But he said down in the next verse, thou shalt not see my face. 
You can't see God and live. No man shall see him and live. He does as he will. He's gracious unto whom he will be gracious. He's merciful to whom he will be merciful. It's according as he desires, according as he wills, according as he purposes. He is able and he's free to do with sinners as it pleases him, as it honors him. Every sinner that he saves, get this, every one of us that, that are saved, we're monuments of his marvelous grace. If left to ourselves, we would all perish. We would all perish if left to ourselves. But because God chose to be gracious and merciful to us, we have Salvation. We have eternal life. We have been delivered from the power of sin and the penalty of sin. And one day we'll be delivered from the very presence of sin. Not only its rule and reign, but the very presence of sin. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians in chapter 2. And look with me here at verse 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. See, there verse 7 proclaims that we are monuments of his grace to show forth the exceeding riches of his grace. We're a monument to show forth the exceeding riches of his grace to us. That's amazing. That's wonderful considering who we are, what we were. Verse 2. We're in in times past you walked according to the course of this world. Your mental inclinations, your purposes of life were according to the course of this world. 
according to the prince of the power of the air. He was your father. And you had no problem doing the works of Satan. Lying and stealing and adulterating, fornicating, blasphemy. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. We were children of disobedience among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Remember that? Boy, we freely, we freely ate it up. We, we did it as, as uh, Job said, uh, drank water. <laughs> we, we drank iniquity like water. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, but God worked. God changed our course. He changed our manner of life. He who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, even when we were in that condition, He made us alive in Christ Jesus. By grace we are saved. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God determined it before the foundation of the world that we were going to be vessels of, of mercy and, and, and receiving of his grace, that we might perform good works, the good works of God. He ordained that before the foundation of the world. Why? Well, because as Jeremiah 31.3 says, I, I believe I had you turn there a couple weeks ago. Turn, turn with me to it again. Jeremiah chapter 31. In verse 3. The Lord hath appeared of old unto me. Saying. Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn. That's why in my lifetime he drew me to Christ because of his working, because of 
Him changing my will. I came to Christ. Why? Because he loved me with an everlasting love. He loved me in eternity, before the foundation of the world, before ever he created anything. I can't explain why he loved me. Why did he love any of us? The sinners that we are, the wretches that we are. Read again verses 2 and 3. Romans 8, 7. We, we We were, our mental inclination wasn't toward God. We were enemies against God. 1 Peter. Chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God, declaring God's knowing us intimately beforehand, before creation, before the foundation of the world. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit under obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Oh, yes, it is a glorious manifestation of God's sovereign goodness, infinitely wise, grace and goodness to us. Romans 9, the book of Romans in chapter 9, Verse 22. What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory even us (laughs) whom he hath called not of the Jews only but also of the Gentiles praise God for that But it tells us right now he continues to to endure with much long suffering those vessels of wrath out there. Why? To make known his goodness, to make known his grace and mercy 
to the vessels of honor, to the vessels whom he elected, to the vessels whom he chose, to the vessels whom he loved before the world. Chapter 11 of the book of Romans. Chapter 11. And verse 28, as concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes. The, the, the Jews were enemies of the gospel. For what? For our sake, the Gentiles sake but as touching the election they are the Jews which are enemies of the gospel right now but because there are a remnant that are elected as touching the election they are beloved for the father's sake <laughs> They are the beloved, those chosen Israelites. Chosen yet to be saved. Chosen yet to be recipients of the gospel and of God's grace and mercy because of election, which the Father did before the world began. Sake, they are beloved. For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. God doesn't change. He doesn't turn away from it. Malachi 3.6, he declared, I am the Lord God. I change not. God doesn't change. Which what? guarantees those that he chose are going to be saved because he doesn't change. He doesn't change his mind. For as ye in times past have not believed God, yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief, through the unbelief of the Jews, we who at one time did not believe God, remember when you didn't believe God? You didn't believe in the things of God? You didn't honor God? But now you do. With God's grace and mercy, the Jew, chosen of God, doesn't believe God, doesn't believe the record of his son, but one day, because God has chosen, one day they will. One day they shall. Even so, have these also now not believed that through your 
mercy, they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. <laughs> right now, all those elect are in unbelief. <laughs> but one day they're going to believe that they might obtain mercy. Oh, the depth. Consider this. Who but God? Man couldn't have thought up this. Man couldn't have devised this. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out for who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. All things are for him and for his honor, for his glory, even the unbelieving. And I know that's hard for us to understand. But God said, it's unto me. It's for my honor, for my glory. It's not for us to question. Ours is just to believe his word, whether we can, can explain it fully or not, or whether we can't even begin to explain it. And most things concerning the word of God, I can't even begin to explain it. I preach them, but, you know, that's not me beginning to explain them. Psalm 76, 10. Even, even the wrath of man shall praise thee. Even the wickedness of man shall praise thee. Praise the Lord. How is, how is the Lord, how is God getting praise from wicked men, from the unbelieving? I can't answer that. But I believe he is because he said he was. And he said, if not, he restrains it. If he's not going to get praise, if he's not going to get the honor and glory, then he restrains it. And we say in our day and time, in our age, well, it doesn't appear like he's restraining much. Well, he's, he's, he's not as, as much as he once did. But that that won't praise him and honor and glorify him, he's restraining still. 
even though he's allowing a lot more, and we know that without which he is allowing is praising him. Because it's only bringing to pass that which he has decreed, that which he has purposed. Don't ask me to explain all that. Can't. One more passage, Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. That's in Christ, by the will of God, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He worketh all things, all things, all things. After the counsel of his own will. Well, we'll stop there.